Life Ministries podcast. This is your host, Daryl Donna Barber. We're so glad that you're joining with us today and took your time uh, just to get the Word of God placed in you today. Uh, we're doing our study on the fruit of the spirits, what we're looking into, and we finally got down. Uh, we to, got to the butt. <laughs> to verse 22. To we got where to the butt. <laughs> we, know what, we know the contrast that he's made in this, and now we can kind of jump in you know, to some of the stuff that we want to look into and what yeah. that fruit and represents. I, and I would, uh, I would say, if you have not heard all of these about this, we started on the fruit of the Spirit on episode 135, and so you can go back and pick up so you'll know exactly where we're at. Um, but yeah, we're finally down to Galatians 5 and 22, where we're, we've been making a contrast and finding out everything that the Apostle Paul was putting before discussing about this. So this is going to be, um, we're finally on the diving board, I guess. We've been talking about diving in. That's right. We've been climbing the ladder. We're on the diving board now. Well, I'm going to begin in verse 22, and it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love. And I want to stop right there because it don't say the fruits. No. It says the fruit, singular, of the Spirit is love. And out of that love, flows all these different characteristics that you would of that love. It manifests in joy and peace and long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. Against such, there is no law. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he goes on, and I told Don, I said, I'm going to carry this down. We're probably going to go all the way into chapter 6, verse 1, uh, just to get this point. But what he does here is now he's brought the contrast to all the works of the flesh, and he lets us know what the fruit of the Spirit is that manifests in our life. And then he says this in verse 24, They that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lust. Mm -hmm. And you know what that lets me know is those things of that self-life that you talked about how the passion uh, brings it out, or in the flesh— the way King Jimmy brings it out, <laughs> those things are crucified. They're we put ha- to death. We, we have to yes. put those affections and those lusts on the cross of Jesus Christ. Those things have to be mortified, you know. They have they have to be killed. They have to be put away. And that's, you know, that's how we do it. We do it in his cross. That's the power of what that cross has done in us. Amen. Um, I was looking through that when you were reading those, and in the Passion Translation, It says, but the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions. And that's where it does. This love has expression. And it says, joy that overflows. And we read this a few days ago. Joy that overflows, peace that subdues. Patience that endures, kindness in action, I love that, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, and strength of spirit. Never set the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. Every single one of them, they're meant to be limitless. And when you talk about seeing those self-life cravings, nailed to the cross of Christ. That is, the cross was an ending place. And as, and it it had an ending and had a beginning. You know, it had an ending to the self and a birth to the church. 
basically was birthed there on the cross. And I think sometimes we look at the cross and we, you know, if you've ever watched any of those shows like The Passion or everything, you see those things happen. We have no idea until we start really diving into the Word of what the power of the cross actually did. That's right. And, you know, the thing about all of these fleshly appetites, affections, and lusts being put on the cross, and even those things we read about the 17 kings of carnality, all of those represent the old man. Mm-hmm. And the old man has to be identified with the cross of Jesus Christ. We have to put him on the cross, crucify him. It's just like the waters of baptism. That Jesus had a death, burial, and resurrection. In mm-hmm. our lives, we have a death, burial, and resurrection. And when baptism takes place and water baptism, we're circumcised in our heart. Mm-hmm. And the old man is cut away out of our life. I think that's one of the reasons baptism is so important today. If you really have an understanding, it's just not an outward show of an inward work. It is the operation. You have yes. faith in the operation of God to yes. cut away that out of your life. And uh, I would encourage you, if you had not been baptized, be well, baptized. I just ministered to that to, in one of my mentoring classes that, uh, that I was having. And I, I said to someone, I said, that's the whole thing about water baptism. It's like, because we call Jesus the great physician. And a physician... They do. They can do an operation, you know. And so I look at it like this. When you go through water baptism and understanding, even like these things, getting getting rid of the self-life cravings, it's, it's like seeing him go in there and cut open and cut, well, cut away mm-hmm. these things from us and to reveal the true heart of who we're supposed to really be. Well, that's the work of the that's spiritual That's the work of the Spirit, yes. Yeah. He goes on to say in this, though, and I love the way he brings this because, you know, it should never be in our heart uh, if we're being led by the Spirit of God to be vengeful toward anybody, you know, uh, being glad somebody had failure or being glad something bad happened to somebody because Mm -hmm. they were doing the wrong things or any areas like that. And Paul deals with that, and that's why I want to go on down, get to chapter 6 and verse 1. He said in, in verse 25 says, if we live in the Spirit, now we're just walking in the Spirit now. Mm-mm. You know, we're now we're living. Yes. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. And he goes on to say in chapter 6 and verse 1, he said, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual, Restore, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. Now listen to that. In the spirit of meekness. Not saying, I told you so. Uh-uh. Or no. look, this is why you're getting what you're getting. No. We're doing it. We're doing it in a spirit of meekness. And the reason we're doing that is because we've matured enough to know that we're considering ourselves, lest we also be tempted because we are not... Uh, you know, a place where we might not have failure in our life, too. So we need to be very merciful. And then he goes on verse 2 and said, Bear one another's burdens and fulfill the law of Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, and his law is the law of love. That's right. Yeah. Well, we're going to stop here for day on this on this one, but we're going to kind of dive back in on our next few, and we're going to start talking about things like this joy that overflows. We're going we're gonna to really start... 
uh, enjoying now, what are these virtues of the the spirit uh, of the of the fruit of the spirit, which is love? So stay tuned. Keep coming back every day, and we're going to dive back in a little bit more. And we hope you have a wonderful and blessed day. You be blessed.